1: Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm one ten one tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory.
0: a Rebel Alliance podcast.
1: We would be honored.
0: Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, you got P-Nate and, and Poodie. Not in Garage Mahal this time. We are in a much different locale in your living room.
1: Yeah, it's definitely smaller. That's the first thing you'll notice. The roof There's, is lower. The roof is lower, and there are far less electronics and expensive toys. There's, it's much more comfortable for my bum, though. It is comfy, but... Uh, I was thinking about this though. So Dave got us uh hooked up with all this uh these sweet electronics so we can uh um record here. He has some stuff going on this week and we couldn't record, so he got us all this uh new fancy stuff. But uh do you think it's just cuz he doesn't want us at Garage Mahal anymore? Is this like a like a sign of the end?
0: This is the first step. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is step the first one. step. This is the breakup. <laughs> this is like where like you start canceling plans. <laughs> You start changing plans, like instead you, of going out on you, Friday you night, you're know, going you out on Thursdays. You bring some stuff over that they've
1: left at your house. <laughs> just
0: like, oh, I just was cleaning and I happened heard. to find all this stuff. Yeah. Next, next step is instead of we're going out for dinner, it's lunch on Sunday. That's right. Breakfast on like...
1: You know, then it's just coffee Saturday and bars. we need to talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't hear from him for a couple of weeks and then it's we need to talk.
1: Yeah. No, that's coming. So It's coming. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Pray that Dave continues to like us despite all of our flaws. Just send him things. <laughs> yeah, just give s- him Send him some love. Send
0: <laughs> him some love. <laughs> send him some
1: love so uh, we are the Rebels and uh, we are recording from a different locale. So if it sounds a little di- different or we feel a little bit more uh, comfortable, um, then uh, you'll know why. But uh, you're listening to this probably, likely, hopefully, on a Wednesday, but there are several podcasts on the network. Uh, we have the Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids. It comes out on Mondays. That's a uh, podcast for your family uh, that includes the Van Brimers' Kids. On Tuesdays, you have Awakening Re- Reformation podcast with Grant and Erica, and uh, they're doing some awesome stuff. Um, right now, they're going through some covenant theology, and uh, just this week, just today, actually, they dropped uh, a, a, a Really good episode talking about some of the abortion stuff that's going on. We're going to be talking about some of that stuff as well. Uh, but they have a really uh, moving story to tell you that uh, I'll I'll let you listen to it. And then on Wednesdays, of course, you have us, the Rebel Podcast. The flagship. Thursdays. The flagship. That's what I call us now. There you go. Uh, on Thursdays, uh, Ben Emery's podcast, Redeeming History, is just about to wrap up. So I think tomorrow we're going to drop the very last episode of season one. And then on Fridays, uh, the new podcast of the network, the podcast for Cultural Reformation, coming out of the Ezra Institute. We've partnered with uh, Joe Boot and Ryan Harris over at the Ezra Institute, and they do uh, the podcast for Cultural Refor- Reformation. and uh, And they've been having uh, some chats with Doug Wilson. Did you listen to the last one on music? I did listen to it. I thought you'd like it.
0: Um, it's nice that we did them a favor by you know letting <laughs> yeah, them yeah, on yeah. the network. <laughs>
1: yeah, just uh, just giving you some some breadcrumbs. To- <laughs>
0: Just tossing the crumbs out to the peasants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's terrible. Uh, They're yeah. going to leave. They're going to be like, it's pretty or yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be starting my new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Over on the, yeah. Uh, BMN. That's... Uh, <laughs> terrible. BMN 2.0. Oh, boy. Terrible. All right, so... That's the network. Uh, you can find uh, all that stuff at rebelalliancemedia.com. There's blog posts and all that kind of stuff. Actually, the Van Brimmers are working on something really exciting that I'm 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 pumped about. I, I won't announce it yet because I know they're working hard on it, and I want to let them announce it. But uh, um, just keep a lookout for some cool stuff coming up in in the vein of the Advent stuff that they did o- over Christmas, which is really cool.
0: Can I, Can I just point out, I feel very odd holding these mics like I'm. Um, i feel like I'm, we should be singing
1: like i feel like we're about if to you bust break, into if like if you break into song i will not i would i would not hate that
0: <laughs> you, would, you would not hate it but you won't join and that's the problem i will like I, f- I do feel like we're about to sing like crown him with many crowns
1: Just why like, that song in particular
0: I, I think we sung it on sunday so mm-hmm. that's it's in my head but like because i'm holding the mic and there's like there's a tv about to go like on and i'm like okay we're i think we're about to you know play
1: rock band something. play rock band I I haven't played that song or that game in a long time.
0: That's why I think we feel more relaxed than less professional. This is less professional.
1: This is less, less professional. I would agree with that. Let's call this Rebels Unplugged. This is Rebels Unplugged right now. This is, yeah. We're sort of unplugged. We don't have Dave to like keep us on track or like, you know, like normally we're in his zone and like on his time. So you kind of feel like you don't want to stay all day, but you feel comfortable here. Like usually my wife has to throw you out.
0: Yeah. My socks are off. <laughs> <That's good. laughs>
1: gross. Okay. Um, last thing I did want to mention actually is just the Patreon. Um, we just want to give a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we've kind of surpassed, uh, our first two goals. And, uh, and that means that, uh, we are, uh, uh, Dave is working with me on, uh, the eschatology 201 series, the, uh, the up. Um, and, uh, and then we're also talking now about, uh, the possibility of doing a, um, a rebel conference cause that was the second goal. So we're, we're a little behind because the Patreon support came in a lot faster than we thought. So thank you for that. Um, but, uh, we just want to, uh, we just want to let you know we're on it. We're working on it. And, uh, thanks so much for all your support. Amen. Okay. So let's jump into, I, I, w- you, the whole episode is going to be a little bit of newsy, like rebel newsy. Um, it's because the world has gone insane in a great way. In a, in a great way, yeah, yeah,
0: tremendously great way.
1: Yeah, but um, but before we get to all of the the good the good headway, uh, the pro life movement and uh, the uh, anti abortion movements are are, are uh, all the good things that are happening there. Uh, we're just going to hit a couple of other quick topics that I I just felt like we couldn't really let the, let a few of these things slide. Um, the first one is, is you know, so we were very critical of like the Me Too movement and stuff like that. So we want to be very, very careful that we're not uh, jumping ahead. And that's part of what we want to talk about here. But there's there's been some news out now. Uh, the Harvest uh, Bible Chapel, uh, I guess, denomination fellowship? I don't know what they were. Denomination brand? is, I think, what they're. Brand. brand. Like, that's what's getting real. <laughs> brand right. is right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but anyway, Harvest has just been rocked lately, right? In Canada, all of them are kind of moving to Great uh, Great Commission Coalition, I think it's called, uh, or a lot of them are anyway. So, a lot of them are dropping the name Harvest. And a lot of it has to do with a lot of controversy surrounding James McDonald. And there's a whole lot of stuff that, that went on, some of it alleged, some of it uh, um, admitted. Um, but some stuff is coming out now that is just kind of. <laughs> Uh, next level. So um, the uh, the police in Illinois are currently investigating allegations that uh, James McDonald actually sought to hire a, a hitman to commit murder.
0: Can, can I just jump it right there? <laughs> you can. Like, that that this is not April Fool's. This is that's a real headline.
1: Yeah, seriously. This is cra- that's crazy. It is crazy. So um, the uh, the deputy police chief in uh, in Illinois. Um, his name is Pat Collins. He confirmed to uh, the, uh, a website that we often use called the Christian Post, um, and uh, he he confirmed that just this is just last Monday, um, and it says the he says the allegations uh, regarding McDonald's efforts to commit murder were first reported by an independent journalist, Julie Royce, who cited Chicago radio personality Mancow Muller. And Manny Booker, a deacon at Harvest Bible Chapel and former confidant and volunteer bodyguard of McDonald's, as the individuals, uh, are, as those are the individuals who are making claims. So basically, um, I won't get into the details because I don't think it's fair to necessarily go into the details when they're still just allegations. But it is an ongoing investigation. Um, there are more, there are more witnesses involved um, than just one. Uh, and so it seems like this is something that at least warrants an investigation. So kind of what we wanted to say on this is a couple things. Number one, um, just use this as a launching pad to talk about a few things. So we're not going to talk about James McDonald. We're not going to bash Harvest. We're not going to bash, uh, James himself, but that's next week. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. Um, but what we want to kind of use that as a launching pad to say, okay, first of all, this is the, this is the problem with, uh, Allowing a human being to be the head of any sort of movement, any sort of denomination and stuff. So, what we've seen over and over again is whether it was, you know, um, uh, Mark Driscoll with Mars Hill, right? Whether it was CJ Mahaney with um, the whole, uh, what was their denomination called? Uh, uh, no oh, idea. man. We could look covenant at Covenant Life Church is Something a... covenant. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to look I'm going to look that up because it's going to bother me. Um, but their whole denomination um, was kind of falling apart with some of the accusations that came out against C.J. Mahaney and some of the um, leadership. And and uh, we, we see this kind of thing over and over again when when a figurehead becomes too prominent in a particular denomination or church or, or network of churches or whatever. Um, it just it's just bad news when, when you hang too much on one person. Um, it's just, and this is, uh, it, it's interesting actually, um, after everything that happened with Mark Driscoll and some of the stuff that happened with CJ Mahaney, um, I, I really actually appreciate Matt Chandler actually started dissolving some of the, um, uh, satellite churches that were attached to the village because he recognized the danger and he's a humble guy and he's a good teacher and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, so I just kind of wanted to chat a little bit about that, right? We see that way too often.
0: Yeah, it's this is you're you're 100% right. When one person has sovereign
1: grace. Sovereign, sovereign grace. grace. I didn't even look it up as soon as I started typing it in sovereign grace. That's the denomination. So, as soon as I
0: started talking, Nate remembered what uh, it was. Sorry. Say. Continue. I'm, I'm the spark Continue. Right. <laughs> no, it this is this is 100% true. This is um so often we see this exact thing happen. We didn't even mention like last year we talked about Willow Creek. Um, yeah. and yeah. Bill Hybels. there's There's numerous examples of this type of things. Maybe not to the alleged scale that this seems like it might be going down, but we don't know. It's all still alleged. But the idea of one person who becomes almost supreme and sovereign over an entire denomination. There's a reason our churches individually are run by a plurality of elders, which the pastor is just one, because everybody needs accountability. We need people to hold people in check. And unless, unless your church is being run strictly by like the apostle Paul, you can probably say that the, the whoever's in charge of that person in power has sin right. that we, that we don't know about or that we do see and and he needs to be corrected. And that's why we have elders. That's why we have, um, you know, people who are elected to hold that person ac- accountable. Um, and I think this is one of those examples where clearly that wasn't happening enough right. at a, a church like, uh, harvest, um, now I'm speaking what I think is happening, so um, don't hold me to that. And the other the other thing, this is all, the other point I want to make on this is that simply this is why we advocate for. Men like RC Sproul, who obviously has passed away, but he he ran his race to completion well, without this yeah. kind of thing happening. Why we can look to people and why we I would hesitate all the time to point to people like um, you know the newest up and coming coming person until they've got to the point where they've ran their race. Right, you know what I mean we can look to somebody like John Piper at this point and be like.
1: He, he's basically ran, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but he's got a foot in the grave. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm All saying. All our That's reformed what listeners are shedding a tear. A little
0: bit, a little bit. But I mean, what I mean, like we look at, uh, uh men, like John Stott,
1: Muntler, Muntler Jones, yeah. who have ran the race. Spurgeon, all exactly. the Puritans, Edwards, like all these guys that we advocate a lot that that we end up quoting a lot at our church because these are guys that you're not going to look back and see, um, uh, you're not going to find this this horrible moral failure, right? Exactly. They finished so, well. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely safety in that, and I think that's one of the reasons that um, all Christians should have, like, a collection of dead guys that they read frequently and, uh, and that sort of thing. Sounds morbid, but true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, the, and so what I would say on this, just to kind of get really practical, is at your local church, wherever you are and you're listening to this, at your local church, you should make sure that the, that the elders are just as visible as the pastor, Right, the, the term elder, pastor, overseer, they're all used interchangeably in the New Testament. The, the, the position of pastor is, is merely the, the paid elder. He's the staff member elder. He's the lead teaching elder. And there's a lot of privilege that comes with that because um, he's the man who gets to t- make his living off the, uh, off the obedience of the congregation and, and, uh, and reading and studying scripture, but he shouldn't be any more visible, any more prominent. He shouldn't be central, um, outside of the, the rest of the elders. And I know that that's hard. Like I'm speaking, I'm saying that as a pastor, I know that's hard because, you know, pastors are up there preaching for 40, 45, 50, 60, 65, <laughs> 60, <laughs> 65 and a half, yeah. <laughs> uh, minutes. And, and, and somebody who is, who's espousing God's word and teaching God's word day in and, or like week in and week out. And they're the primary teacher up there. Of course, they're going to be more prominent in the eyes of, of the congregation. So that means that you need to do everything you can to try to affirm the leadership of your other elders. If you're a pastor and uh, if you are if you are a leader and if you're a lay leader or if you're just a member of a church, you should you should be pushing to have your elders more your lay elders more prominent. Let them lead services, let them pray. Um, give them, give them key things, help them lead in communion and all those kinds of things. And the reason that should happen is because the people in your congregation need to know that your pastor is not leading the church on his own and that he is subject to a plurality of elders. And I think that that's important, even for his own humility, right? Like even, even for his own, um, you know, uh, promoting and, and pushing his elders into places of prominence will help him cultivate humility as well.
0: Absolutely. And the other thing with that is like the, the higher, the more status like you in the, in the church, you always have to be weary of the people who seem to be seeking out power. You know what I mean? For like, sure. Yeah. And it's one of those things where we, when you have a group of people who are doing this, so like, you, like in our church, we have a plurality of elders, a ton of like men who we can look to and say, okay, well those are the leaders collectively. Right. When you get into the situation again, like, like, the other side where you have one person, everything flows down from him. So everybody who gets promoted from within are generally people who just answer to that person. Right. And that's always a, that's always a very dangerous thing because nobody, nobody wants to get, be the guy who bites the hand that feeds. Right. Right. So in in a situation like this, where it's not a collective, it's one person, all the power is central to one person. We saw it with, with the allegations against uh, Mark, Mark Driscoll, you mentioned earlier where, eventually his elders were like, well, he's being like, he's being a bully. We can't say anything to him anymore. He's gotten too powerful and it blew up. You know what I mean? Like, and now he's rehabilitated himself and he's recognized and repented of that. And that's fine. But we see in the situation where the opposite is happening here, um, where he's basically fighting back. And at this point that's pulling the church apart and it's just, that's not the goal for anyone. Right. Right.
1: Right. So, I mean, it'll be a wait and see on this particular story, but we just wanted to use that as a launching, uh, uh, kind of a a jumping off point to just kind of talk about the the need for local churches to make sure that their lay elders have a place of prominence and and make sure that we're not idolizing our pastors the recognition that God uh, I think it was uh, John Calvin who said that God could have sent angels to preach to you but instead he used sinful men and he used sinful men in order to humble you and so your pastor is not perfect he's intentionally sinful like, I mean, intent, he's hopefully he's not, not in so. yet, but, uh, but by God's design, he is a sinful messenger. And the, the point is so that you would have to submit to your inferior to humble you. That's what Calvin's point is. And, uh, trust the, me, I have
0: to remind myself that all the time, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, but the point there is to the, the recognition as, uh, to, to make sure that you are not putting your pastor on a pedestal. He happens to be a guy, hopefully he knows more about the Bible than you. Hopefully um, he's somebody that you can, um, you know, uh, emulate to some degree. Um, But that doesn't, uh, that doesn't mean that he should be um, idolized in the same, in the way that we are seeing some of these celebrity pastors get idolized. So anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, What we want to talk about uh, today is, um, is, Cornering wild animals. <laughs> if, if you're like us, you've noticed that on uh, on social media, things are just crazy these days. Um, and and especially, we, we've been talking about this uh, kind of behind the scenes um, at the Rebel Alliance with the Van Brimmers and with the Emerys. And, uh, and just chatting about how we've been posting pro-life stuff and anti-abortion stuff for a long time. And, you know, you always get a little bit of pushback. But the amount of pushback we've been getting on our posts recently is just crazy. And it's because people are fighting like cornered animals. And we'll get into that as soon as we take a break. So uh, here's a break, uh, and uh, we'll be right back.
0: On June 1st, join the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity in Grimsby, Ontario, for a full-day event called Love Thy Body, a conference on humanity, sexuality, art, and God with special guest speaker Nancy Piercy and EICC founder Joe Boot. Don't miss this event at the site of high-impact training seminars, including the Worldview Leadership Camp for Youth and the Runner Academy for Students and Young Professionals. Register for these events by visiting www.ezrainstitute.ca.
1: All right, we're back, and uh, what, what we're what we're talking about today, I guess what we'll what we'll start with is just um, all of the amazing um, ground that's being taken by the pro life and the anti abortion movements. And uh, just a quick caveat, I, I know that there's a whole lot of of Krishners, Wow. Christians and listeners, see how I just did that. That was good. eh? <laughs> you just made a yeah, word up. Totally. Um, who who hate the term pro life, and they want to. You know, they say we should be anti-abortion. We should be abolitionists. Whatever. Look, I don't. I don't care what the term is. The point is less babies are getting murdered. So you know, I I know that philosophically there's some people who hate the idea of incrementalism and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think personally I don't think there's anything wrong with incremental uh, gains being made as long as you never lose lose sight of the end goal, which is abolition, the abolition of abortion. Um, but anyway, all that to say, that's a quick caveat, but there's some awesome stuff being done
0: there. There is this, this episode basically like we didn't plan to have this episode. This is basically a praise report because the last few weeks, it seems like everything has gone off the rails in a good way. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And it's funny. I was thinking about this when we, when we were talking about the idea of even just having this chat, I was thinking about the fact that how often do we, like three, four months ago, even, like this year, beginning of this year, we had conversations about the abortion um, battle, so to, so to speak. And we're both obviously mill. We both obviously believe that eventually this will be eradicated. Yep. But it didn't seem close. No, it didn't seem this close. It almost felt like, I, I, I asked my small group, um, within the last couple months, I asked, do you think this will be something, what do you think... About the idea of this being conquered in a lifetime, and I said, I think it will be. And that, and my small group was like, No, you're you're too old for that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you'll be way yeah. dead before it's. Canceled. But it's one of those things where it's such a it's a, such a brilliant picture because as we're we're going to get into the, what's actually happened if you don't if you've been living under a rock and you haven't seen it, but in a space in the space of really a few weeks, yeah, the. Like not we're nowhere near the end of abortion here uh, yeah, no, but not
1: even close, but, but
0: we're seeing the first steps of it. For you know sure. what I mean? And it's like, and obviously any, any progress will always have ups and downs, but we're, but in a very short period of time, we can, we can now look and be like, well, they've, they've done it. We can do it too.
1: It can be done. That's exactly right. So, um, so what's what's basically happened is several months ago, and we talked about this a lot. The Van Birmers talked about it quite a bit. Uh, living in New York, but New York had these uh, these really extreme abortion laws that passed everybody was looking at it at least as extreme abortion laws and they were you know we were just kind of shaking our heads saying like well that's that's Canada like (laughs) congratulations you've joined us in depravity with yeah with North Korea and China you know our human uh, high five for all our human rights with North Korea and China but Um, so New York passed this, um, abortion up until delivery to the point where like you could be in labor, ask for an abortion and the doctor does not have a right to refuse it. Um, and, uh, and no reason, no medical reason necessary, like all kinds of stuff. And they were really radical abortion laws. And, you know, Como, who was the governor in, in New York, signed it. Uh, uh, Cortez praised him for it. Um, and uh, and it, the liberals really praised this as, like, progress. And I love, I love, I love, I love how quickly Christians responded. So um, one of the first ones to go through was the Georgia heartbeat bill. So, the, uh, so in Georgia now, uh, abortion is illegal after they detect a heartbeat. And you know Mar- Marcus Pittman, our friend over at uh, Law and Profits on the Fight Last Las- La Feet network, uh, he I mean he he talked about some of the difficulties with heartbeat bills, making the heartbeat the the arbiter of of uh, of truth, so to speak, and the subjectivity of uh, he had a he was talking to a uh, an ultrasound technician who said you know I can find or not find the heartbeat pretty easily, right? It, it's all very subjective, so you get a kind of pro-choice um, ultrasound technician who at seven or eight weeks. There is a heartbeat there, but they're intentionally not finding it. Um, So, I mean, we're not saying these laws are perfect, but hey, it's something it's progress. And there are a whole lot of babies that are going to be saved because of that. Um, and then shortly after Georgia passed the heartbeat bill, Alabama, <laughs> sweet home, Alabama. Sweet home Alabama. Uh, we got lots of great things to say about Alabama. Roll Maybe tide. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alabama, first and foremost. Um, so they came in with a sweeping band of ban of abortion, which like, came
0: out of nowhere for the record. I woke totally. up one day yeah. and I was just like Alabama born's uh, abortion. abortion. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah amazing and so then i had, I thought i honestly thought it was a babylon beat and i was like yes. i was gonna read it and it was gonna be like gotcha they actually now kill everything right and then, then i read it and was like this is amazing
1: oh yeah and you know what's interesting there's a there's an article being shared i think our friends over at uh, awakening reformation grant and eric had just posted it uh, or shared it today but uh, alabama also ranks highest in the nation Highest in all of North America, I should say, in uh, in foster and uh, adoption rates. So the church in Alabama is just doing a great job. So they can't even be accused. David you know, Platt was there, was he? Yeah, he there was. you go. That's that's, that's, faithful that's the faithful preaching of. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> you never know, Birmingham. <laughs> um, but uh, so. They ban abortion and even this is this is like hardcore. I mean, and and I say that in a good way, like um, the Democrats voted to amend the bill simply to allow exemptions for rape and incest. Nope. Defeated. Like there are no exceptions. You cannot kill your baby in Alabama. It's amazing. So then there was that. So then, after Georgia, there was Alabama, and then after Alabama, there's Missouri. So Missouri, uh, I think it was—I think they adopted a heartbeat bill as well. I think it's a variation of the heartbeat bill, um, and uh, and so they banned. Um, and then now Alaska is uh, is pushing it through as well. So Alaska is pushing through a, an outright ban as well, though they're making exemptions for rape and incest. So you're looking at four states now, which are putting like radical anti-abortion bills radical in the eyes of a liberal, I should say. I mean, a heartbeat bill isn't that, isn't that radical, but the outright ban in Alabama is for sure. And, uh, and I think that, you know, um, this is showing some of the other conservative states. And, and, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Idaho. I'm sure the guys over at cross politic are, are, are right on it. And you're looking at like Arizona and some of those places where I know Jeff Durbin and uh, um, Marcus Pittman have been doing a whole lot of work. You look at like Texas, um, some of those places they need to keep, they, they need to keep the fight going. Like, like let this happen and, uh, and use this momentum because other governors and other like weak spined politicians are going to get encouraged when they see that this is happening elsewhere, right? They're not putting their neck on the line and good for the governor of, uh, Alabama. She's like intense. And, uh, and so, you know, good for her sticking her neck out, getting it done first and, uh, yeah, so that's that's all like kind of the, the great stuff that's been happening, and it's opened up conversations. Yeah, the, one of the one of the
0: I just wanted to again I don't I I can't remember her name, but the governor of Alabama. This is this is what we talk about all the time. We 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 often quote Doug Wilson's, um, "The courageous Christian goes first, and then the faithful people come come up and write books about them later." Right. She's she's the kind of woman who is who is putting her faith into practice, does what needs to be done irregardless of her reputation. Cause the truth is she's getting torn apart. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey,
1: I know it was not brutal.
0: Did you see, you saw that? Yeah. Who, the cartoon. Yeah. I'm, I, I want to get into the point where like, can we, can we, the thing, the next thing that needs to be banned, let's ban abortion and then let's ban celebrities being allowed to speak outside of the movies. Totally. Like
1: yeah, I, we'll I, get in. let's, let's, yeah, let's we'll go, get to, let's so. go there with this conversation because I want to get into some Alyssa, <laughs> Alyssa Milano stuff. <laughs> Man, it's not just Reese Witherspoon. Like I know. all of them,
0: they've all gone crazy. Yeah. Um, or, or are now just showing their craziness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jim Carrey posted like the thing of of the governor getting aborted, yeah. which is it, like one. Even 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 the harshest abortion, like or the like the most hardcore pro choicers. choice person doesn't advocate for murder of like fully grown adult women. You know what I mean? But this is what they're basically saying at this point. Like, not only do the pro-lifers are they wrong? They should be killed. Is yep. what <laughs> it's seriously? Like, yeah. And, and I'm just like, okay, pump the brakes and think about what you're saying because this is we we often talk about cognitive dissonance on this podcast, and it's this is what we're seeing in culture right now, where it's like you get people who are so cornered and and feel like all their rights, these rights that they think they have about murder and all this stuff, getting taken away. And what do they do? They react like a spoiled child.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's there's a couple of analogies that I think are, are kind of helpful it, for us to understand what's happening. So um, we, we the title of this episode, and this is where we're kind of getting this from, if, you, if you've ever like cornered an animal, if you've ever had like a rat that was running around your basement or garage or like a raccoon in your backyard i don't know
0: Raccoon's Raccoon's a good one.
1: all right we We'll use raccoon so let's say you're chasing the raccoon in your garage or your shed or whatever and uh and and like they're, they're timid right they're, they're, they'll run away they're, they're scared they're they're timid animals but then if you corner it right and this is the thing about wild animals you corner it and it's all of a sudden that it's fight or flight and if they can't flight right it's going to fight and and it's that that sort of all of a sudden that that fight mechanism kicks in and and I don't know if you've ever experienced this I like there've been times in my my life when you kind of get into something like that where um you know suddenly you realize there's no way out and it something kicks into overdrive and that's basically that's what's happening like there's there um the the whether we want to say the left or the liberals, let's just say the non-christians are are feeling threatened. They feel like I think I think the the idea of abortion actually being banned and uh, you know, Roe v Wade overturned and stuff was so unthinkable to people that they're just shocked. And in their shock and in their dismay, they're just spewing venom. and And the venom is what I'm seeing on social media right now. like there are some, Boneheaded posts, and you know, you you talked about uh, Jim Carrey. I'm like, so like the cartoon that he's showing is is of um, the uh, the Alabama governor, kind of in like an ambiotic sack, um, with like a syringe, like sucking her brain out. Like this is this is this is a public, like a celebrity, who's putting a very graphic image out there, and I don't actually even think that he's thinking through this because. He doesn't even he doesn't want those kinds of images shown like most most pro choicers don't want to show the realities of what abortion is. But he's showing a very vivid picture of what abortion actually is like you are sucking the brain out of a living person. And uh, and so in their in their um, fight mode in their cornered animal cornered wild animal like uh, turn on you um, things are just going crazy. So I saw, I saw, I saw Alyssa Milano, um, said, you know, all the women in Georgia, this was cause Georgia was the first kind of domino to fall. She was like, all the women in Georgia should, uh, should start a sex strike. And until this, um, ridiculous bill gets overturned, um, not have sex with any men. It's like, so she started the whole like hashtag sex strike and all this kind of stuff. And she was like, you know, um, these anti-abortion laws are forced motherhood and, It's just ridiculous stuff. So I want to talk to that just a little bit because this is is as boneheaded as Jim Carrey. Like, first of all, like we said, we're post-mill. So let's just talk about this for a second. So number one, abortion is getting defeated in Georgia. Number two, the liberals are showing their true color. And number three, the most staunch, pro... The most... I, I would say staunch like pro sexual revolution advocates, feminists, are gonna be chased. <laughs> that sounds pretty post bell to me. Yeah, I was I, I was like, I'm like okay, great. I was like, I
0: hope they all do have the sex strike and then you know Twenty years from now, when they're you know they're, they've gone through menopause and they no longer can have babies, they're all going to die off, and all the Christians who have been breeding this whole time take over. Seriously, because if there's one thing, the Christians keep having kids.
1: That's right. So I I was just looking at that, and I thought like Alyssa Milano, come on, like this is uh, just not understanding what's going on here. Um, and then you're talking about Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, she uh, Reese
0: Witherspoon gave a speech. I don't know where she gave the speech, um, and our, our friend Gabe Wrench actually commented on it. But basically, she Gabe, said that, that um, baiting abortion is against the Constitution of the United States. And then, so the comment is like, "Well, where in the Constitution does it say you can murder your babies?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. It's just. It's Whoops. just again. It's just Reese Witherspoon is an is an educated girl. Yeah, she, she is. Like actually. she she knows. Like she's, she's well-spoken, she's articulate, but like you said, at this point they're in an argument that they're, that they're losing and it's all, all they're fighting from is emotion. They're not fighting from any kind of rational position anymore. So they're saying things that don't actually make any sense. Have you ever been in an argument? I, you know what? I know you have because you've (laughs) been in the argument with me before about stupid stuff, right? Where all of a sudden things are being said that you're like, I don't even believe what I'm saying and then but you're you're so heated at that moment now you're you're, you're, just you're
1: defending something yeah
0: now when i'm saying this i mean not you you're usually calm it's me that's in the, like but i mean we're <laughs> you're in that moment where you're saying now things and you're like after you've taken a moment you're like well that was stupid that's not even what i think you know what i mean but you've said it because you're just you're fired up about about a topic right that's exactly what's happening here but on a public scale yeah with what kind of feels like the democratic party Um, So the left, the liberals, um, and Hollywood is mostly like their mouthpiece for it. And then, like, at this point, Christians aren't even, like, there isn't really even much to have to be said. They're just talking themselves into the grave here. Yeah. And so.
1: Well, and so you look at, um, so, and this is what I'd like to, I think we need more and more Christians who, so I'm going to bring up a sort of, subject for us, Chris, and that is J.J. Abrams. So J- I know, I J- know, I'm so upset. So J.J. So Abrams, um, and he, so he actually said that all of the proceeds from um, the new Star Wars that's coming out in December are going to go to uh, funding abortion and going to be donated to Planned Parenthood. All, all of his proceeds. All of his proceeds. Yeah. So, um, so he's like fighting back with his wallet And, and I think, you know, that's one thing that Christians really ought to be praying about because there's a lot of money in Hollywood and for whatever, like, I shouldn't say for whatever reason, I'll tell you exactly why, but, um, Hollywood is a cesspool of immoral, um, idolatry. Right. And, um, and let's, let's be honest, their lifestyle has been built on the, shady moral ethics of of uh, North America for years. So they're living a lavish lifestyle which they're addicted to, which they want, and they're doing it on the backs of the immorality that gets us to things like abortion. So whether whether cognitively or or subconsciously there's an understanding that when when Christian ethics rule, they'll be out of a job. And so I think I think there it's one of the reasons you see such like a cesspool in in Hollywood but we we ought to be praying because there's a lot of money in Hollywood and and you know there Money, money talks. Right. And there still are a lot of politicians who can be bought and there still are a whole lot of fundraising and all that kind of stuff. So we we ought to we ought to pray against, you know, what Hollywood might be able to do. But as Christians, one of the things we can do is we we should be we should be leading the charge and having conversations discrediting. Like, what does an actor what does Reese Witherspoon? What does Alyssa Milano? What does Jim Carrey have to um, say about abortion that is more important than what you or I say? Right? They're they're not they're not doctors. They're not ultrasound technicians. They're certainly not pastors right? And so as Christians, we ought to be allowing the Word of God first and foremost to speak to us and allow the people who are your authorities on these subjects not be the people who are writing blog posts, not the people who are um, have the microphone in front of them in Hollywood. Let your pastors, let your elders, let the Word of God be what governs your thinking on this and get into those conversations and, and be a gay branch. Like, <laughs> get, follow some of these. Emma Watson's another one who's going off last week. And uh, I saw, I think, think it was gabe who responded to a couple a few people that i uh follow tony costa dr tony costa um was responding to her as well and so you just look at that and you're like that's what we need to do like like challenge these celebrities on on some of the nonsense they're spewing because this is ridiculous
0: exactly it's a it's a i I know i said earlier i I get frustrated with the like the uh hollywood people getting a platform to speak that they haven't earned and so I can disagree with Obama. I can disagree with uh, Cortez. I can disagree with Bernie Sanders. And do. And, 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 I, and I do. Exactly. And I do. Yeah. But they've, to me, at least they've earned the platform to have their opinion. And we right. I believe in free speech, even if I disagree with their free speech, totally. what they're saying. Totally. But they've earned the platform because we elected them. Not we, me and you, we're in Canada. But I mean, people in the States have elected those people to speak on their behalf just like they've elected Trump to speak on their behalf, but nobody wants that to be pointed out. But celebrities, they're not elected in any way, shape, or form. They get their status because they have a skill, and most of that time, and I'm, I'm, I I'm—I know people are going to flip out when I say this, but most of that skill is that they're good-looking.
1: Like, Seriously, yeah.
0: The truth is, there are much better actors and actresses on the stage in New York, in the stage in London, in the stage um, in L.A., that aren't in movies because they don't have the look. It's true. And but we get people who, you know, have have a skill and we have become famous. Jim Carrey, Reese, With- Reese Witherspoon, Emma Watson. And now all of a sudden they have a platform that influences millions of people because the truth is we live in a celebrity culture. We we build up our celebrities, really to tear them down, but we build them up and we look to them and be like, oh, what they're doing is what I want to do. Right. Because we've they've subverted the American dream so much in the States that that is the American dream, to be powerful, wealthy, good-looking, and not have to worry about and anything. And followed. And followed. And everybody right, like loves fame, it. fame, right? Yeah. That's, that is what the American dream is, not to live for God's glory. You know what I mean? But so we, we've subverted that to the point where those people now have a platform that they never earned. Right. They got it because they have a skill. And I have the same, I'm, I'm big, I'm a big sports fan. I have the same problem when athletes come out and speak politically. They have no, they have no need to do that. They have no reason. We uh, we shouldn't be listening. And we would
1: say, and we would say to like, like people in that sphere, like, sure. Like try to use your platform. Everybody ought to be trying to use their platform. I'd like, Go ahead, try to use it, but Christians don't don't think that it's legitimate, <laughs> right? right? Like what your um, hero, your athletic hero, your Hollywood hero has to say about um, uh, political policy is 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 irrelevant. Right. Like, and, and I think that sometimes we can get caught up in, and we, we, we spent rebel news talking about, you know, Christian celebrities and some of the dangers there, but, but this is part of the problem is like, you know, that syndrome, like, I don't, I don't know what it's actually called, but I'm sure there's an actual medical term for it or whatever, but like Stockholm syndrome. No, not that one. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, not that one. Um, when you're in school and stuff and there's like somebody who's popular and they ask you to do something and you, there's like that, that desire to please them, right. That, that desire to like like, no, it's not like sucking up, but you know, like somebody, somebody whose approval you, you desire, right? Like, yeah, fair enough. and so th- there's almost this like subconscious thing where it's like, if that's, if, if I think what the celebrities think, or I let them influence my thinking and I think like they do, then I could be just as like cool and, and influential and popular and famous as they are. Stop it. Like, st- like this is, th- this is a, a modern day application when Jesus is talking about, um, to, when he says like, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Like when he, when he's basically talking about play it for an audience of one, it does not matter which side of the aisle you're on. It does not matter like wh- what, group your thinking aligns well with what matters is whether or not you are faithful to the word of God and nothing else matters. And so we we can very easily get caught and the truth is we can do this on the political right or the political left where it's like you know we we search the headlines and then we and then we go and look for like the people we trust and what do they think about this current thing that just happened it's like we should be going to the word of god for those things so i i just think that with with all of this stuff going on so anyway that's that's our rant about hollywood (laughs) are you done anything else you want to say about hollywood Burn it all. No, Burn it kidding. down. Um, don't go see Star Wars. Is that what we're abdicating right I now? I feel like I'm kind of. Is that a thing? I'm thinking that. I don't know, man. Remember, we did a video way back in the day that said yes, like what I would know. make us what would make us give up Star Wars. Do You remember that? I, we should go back and see what we said. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I would need to check my heart on that. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like I can't imagine not going to see Star Wars. But but part of me is like. Like, screw you, J.J. Abrams. Like, part of this is like, I got to now practice what I preach. And I get, like, I'm not morally responsible, right? I'm not, like, the truth is every Christian in Canada should stop paying taxes if we believe that, like, we're ethically responsible for what people do with our money, right? Um, Because our taxpayers' money go to fund abortions. Not only in Canada, by the way, thanks King Trudeau. um, but. Uh, so we're not, we're not held morally responsible for what somebody else chooses to do with their, with their money. But when he's made it public like that, I feel like that's almost like a bait. Like how much do you really believe this? And part of me, part of me wants it to just tank so that he doesn't get any proceeds. Like part of me just like hand of God, you know what I mean? Like there's part of me that just says, you know what? At the very least, I'm not going to go see it in the theaters. Yeah, I at the very I, least, I'm going to download it illegally from some pirated website. <laughs> so you're going <laughs> to steal to yeah. like smite yeah, them. Yeah, that, that's right. That's
0: fair. That's right. Um, I'm fine with that. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, no, I, I I get what you're saying. I just hope the book's really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, go. uh, no, but I, I I get it. It's one of those things where, on I I hate that this is a thing yeah. that I like. We have to be like something that. For the most part, I'm sure there was some level of uh, like symbolism that I didn't understand because I didn't grow up, I wasn't aware in the 80s when I was watching the original trilogy. I'm sure they had things too. But like, I hate now that everything's tied to something. So like, the fact that Star Wars, J.J. Abrams comes out and says, I'm going to give half my paycheck to this political movies. Now politicizes the movie. Yeah. And so
1: I can't go see star Wars. And here's, the, here's the thing. Like he's it thing. for like, he's not star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, like he doesn't, he, he has no right to do that. You know what I mean? Like he's taking something away from this is, and I, I agree with you. And this is where I, I, I said when, when Trump won the election and everything got like super politicized in the, in the States and everything got like super divisive, right. People started kneeling for anthems, like all that kind of stuff. And my, my big thing was the reason we are so divided as a, as a nation now, and I was talking about Canada, you know, the same is true for the States, obviously. And, and, um, it kind of trickled, made its way up here, but, um, is because there used to be things that seemed neutral, right? Like we're big on, there's no neutrality, right? Neutrality is a myth, but there were things that were at least subtly seemed neutral, so I could go and watch a hockey game, I could go and watch a football game, and sports seemed to be a neutral ground. Now, like I said, we believe there's no such thing as neutrality, but now the, the polarization is overt and obvious right? Like everything has been politicized. Everything has been drawn its line in the sand so that now you can't go and watch Star Wars without knowing that the director is giving all of his, his, uh, um, proceeds to abortion. You you know, you can't go and see, Um, a football game without knowing where those announcers stand on somebody kneeling for the anthem, right? So everything gets politicized. And so everything, so even these places where the the Democrat and the Republican, the liberal and the conservative could come together and cheer for the bills, right? They can't anymore because they even get divided in cheering for the same team when they see somebody kneeling and, and have differing reactions to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's no more. There's no more escapism,
1: right? Like, and That's that right. was That's and that was what
0: movies it. and sports, yeah, always have been, right? Um, there's a reason. Like, there's a there's a simple fact. There's a reason bars and sports are recession proof, and the reason is because both things offer an escape. Right. They offer one one I would consider a healthy escape, um, and one I would consider probably an unhealthy escape. Um, but like both things offered a, a an air of I can escape my reality because right. the truth is these things are heavy to be dealing with all the time. And then, particularly I've, I find this a lot in the U S right now that there is no, there is no way to get away from this. Yeah, you're, sure. you're dealing with this no matter where you are it, all day at work. You're in this argument all day at, at home you're in this argument on social media. You're in this argument. Every TV show you watch this argument is prevalent. You watch a comedy show; it's on. It's prevalent. You watch a movie now; it's prevalent. You watch a sports game; it's prevalent. You listen to music; it's prevalent. There is no, there is no way to get away from this. And the truth is that we, again, there is no neutral, but there is, there is something to be said for eventually people who have no way to cope with these kind of like this weight of all these these debates and this argument and the fact that the world is falling at all times for both one person's looking at it and be like, ah, this is great. And the other half is like the world is ending yeah. right now because you've said it many times, they've, they've lost who the real king is. And so they've, they've now looked to the government as their savior. And right. if, and the, the truth is 40, 60% of people at all times are going to be unhappy with that, that person. It's just the way it is, but now you can't escape from that. You're 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 dwelling on the fact that it's not right all the time. Right. The moment you're awake to the moment you go to bed, and I think that's like I, I don't want to say I don't want to say this is the definitive reason, but there's a, there's always like for every cause, like every every thing Action. that happens, there's always a reaction to it. Right. And I think we see violence. We I think we see so much um, of just of just the. the the almost like the gloves off type reaction to everything. Now, if Trump says one thing, people are calling for him to be shot. You know what I mean? Where it's like, there is no like, it's, it's, it's from one to a hundred right away. And I think that's because there is no like a chance for you to re re up your shields, so to speak. Like you're the moment you wake up, it's on you and it's, it's a hundred miles an hour full full tilt all day. Yeah. If that makes any sense.
1: No, yeah, it does, and and so that's and that's kind of where we wanted to go with the episode. We're we're winding down on time here now, so we don't have a, as much time to get practical as we wanted to. But um, what we kind of wanted to say is like, as as a podcast, that's you know, uh, our our mission statement is to equip Christians to engage culture with biblical worldview. Use this. Like, it is tiring. It is hard. And and I found myself a couple times, and, and this is where you need to check your heart. I found myself a few times, even like getting irritated with my kids and stuff because I'm actually irritated at some idiot I'm having a discussion with online about abortion. And so you, you gotta you gotta make sure that you're you're being healthy about it and all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, use this as an opportunity to engage because uh, I think you said it like uh, you know Chris obviously works in a secular uh, job, and uh, and I think you were saying that. You know, you have not had as many like meaningful abortion conversations as you have since all this started happening because it's just a flurry right now.
0: Yeah, it, the the truth is, everybody like like we were saying, everybody has an opinion now. Yeah, and ever because now everybody has <laughs> the everybody believes they have the right to share it with everyone, and they're right. Um, so the fact of this matter, like Alabama passes a law, which realistically in Ontario has nothing. Like, no impact on us at all. In fact, Ontario recently has done the exact opposite thing. It's made it worse for us. Yeah. Um, but Alabama passes a law. Everybody blow everybody blows up because everybody needs to talk about it and they exp- and exp what their position is on it. So for as a Christian in this situation, thank you for giving me the opportunity to totally. respond to everything you're saying because the truth is, well, the truth is simply we have the truth. Yeah. So... For instance like I'm not giving examples of conversations I have but people make bizarre statements that the stats and the facts do not back up right like for instance like oh well almost everybody who's having a having an abortion is because of rape or incest incense and it's like no this the stats far make that ridiculous I I, uh, I have it on my phone here let me just bring it up here for you it's point if I'm correct I believe it's so Florida, Sorry, this is bad radio. Um, Florida just <laughs> did. They keep records for every abortion that happens in in the state for a an year. And so in 2018. They count ballots,
1: but they. <laughs> sorry. <can't continue. laughs> Touche. Uh,
0: so this is 2018. So as recent as we would have the information. Right. Um, lists all the reasons for abor- abortions by percent. 75%. Of women who had abortions said it was for no reason at all, but they chose to, they chose to do it. Seventy-five percent. Okay, so naturally, big. Like, okay, well, twenty-five percent is for rape and incest. Well, no, twenty um, percent was for economic reasons and social didn't want people to know they were pregnant. You have to go all the way down to zero point zero zero one percent to find somebody who had their pregnancy resulting from an incestuous relationship. And zero point zero one percent of somebody who is a woman who is raped. So, well, both of those, I, I feel for the women in those situations. Yeah, obviously. like we don't want to minimize um, obviously
1: no. what they've gone through.
0: But when you have when you're talking seventy thousand abortions, that's two people. Yeah, two out of seventy thousand,
1: and it's like okay.
0: Well, and I think of,
1: as Christians, so I I think. I mean, and this is, this is where my, uh, I think some pragmatism can come in where in all honesty, if that's your hangup, like what you should say as a Christian, like in, in those conversations is okay. just say, okay, if that, if I was willing to concede that that can, that, y- you know, somebody can abort a child due to rape or incest, then are you willing to say everything else is, should be outlawed? And of course they won't be. Right. And that's the point. The point is, and I think as Christians, it's like, we shouldn't concede there. I really think if we're going to be consistent, we believe it's life and we believe it's life no matter what. And, And just because the circumstances were evil that led to the pregnancy doesn't mean that another evil act is going to undo that evil. Right. We don't, it's the old adage, two wrongs don't make a right. And so, um, you know, we, we need to be consistent, but for the sake of conversation, there are many times when I would just say, "Oh, okay, okay, fair enough." if I was willing to concede that those who um, you know get pregnant out of rape and incest um, are they can have access to safe abortions, but nobody else can, would you meet me in that middle ground and every single time it's like, well, no, and then they'll bring up another exemption and another exemption, and they're always like you said they're always dealing with the very small minute details,
0: yeah i hundred percent agree and I've ha- I've I've been in that conversation. Yeah. And the problem the problem is, is that the for so long the narrative around around abortion has centered on on noth- no factual evidence at all. That's right. It's centered around on feelings. A, exactly a fe- yeah. feelings. It's my right to choose. Yep. Without without realizing well like the 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 baby has rights too, um, and and nowhere in our constitution does it say when those rights kick in. You know what I mean? Like person's a person's a person from the beginning, um, and then we have the other the other side. where then it's like well it's, a, um, rape and incest. Well, okay, that's such a small percentage that it actually statistically is. Again, a non factor in right. making in making the decision. And then you get the whole like, well, okay, well then it's nobody can tell me what to do. And like, well okay, well that's that argument is again doesn't make it's a zombie argument. It makes no sense at all. I mean we just get we just get into these narratives and the narrative has to keep changing because the only real answer is that I want to do this. That's and, right. And that that's what, what people want is I just don't want anybody to tell me I can't do it.
1: That's right. At the end of the day, this is, um, and I had this conversation online recently where somebody said something along the lines of, you know, maybe abortion is just um, as American as it gets, right? Like maybe this is, we've we've ascended, asc- they didn't use this language, but essentially we've evolved, we've ascended to the point where, um, you know, this, you know, the... Um, uh, the consequences of, you know, in the moment actions no longer have to affect us and stuff. And my, 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 my uh, response to that was, no, child sacrifice is as old as civilization itself. This is absolutely child sacrifice. The, it, it, the, the, the difference is we've tidied it up a little bit. You no longer have to see the dead body, but you're still sacrificing your child to a God. And our God is convenience. Like at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's, I, you know, I want to be able to have consequence free sex when I want it. And I don't want to, I don't want any responsibility to be given to me, right? Like women, <laughs> um, pro choice women have this idea like, um, you know, uh, getting pregnant is like being gifted a puppy, you know? <laughs> right? Like, have you ever, you ever, like, talked to a parent and joked around about, like, you know, y- you've often joked about, like, getting the kids a cat or getting the kids a dog or whatever. I'm like, no, don't do it. Like, you're just getting us responsibility. We don't want that, the right? The birthday is coming. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but that's like, that's the thing. It's like, well, it's like somebody, and, and you even hear this term forced motherhood. It's like, it's it's not forced motherhood. There are, there are so many decisions that lead up to the point. Like, why is the decision to have the abortion the one that's sacred to you why not the choice not to have sex when you when you should what wh- why not the choice to to not have sex when you know that it could result in a human life which is what procreation is for like yeah. it's just there, there's so it, it's absolutely child sacrifice it is absolutely the the blood offering that we pay to the god convenience in in our you know uh north american culture.
0: Absolutely. The only difference in in child sacrifice between historical child sacrifice and now is the altar, like you said, seems cleaner, and it's we're the ones that we're putting ourselves on the altar instead of the um, some godlike malach or whatever. Right. The difference is, like, well, I'm more important than yeah. anything than anything else I, at this point. I
1: recently was preaching through the book of uh, of First and Second Kings, and uh, Manasseh, who is a king who is right in between Hezekiah and Josiah, um, was was described as one of the most wicked kings that Israel ever had. And, uh, and he was wicked because he allowed, um, idols into the, into the temple, into Solomon's temple. And because he allowed child sacrifice to take place inside the temple. And, uh, and I remember as I was thinking through and, and, and I was studying it and I was, and, and I was like, man, like how wicked do you have to be? And then I just thought like, how prevalent is abortion even in the church? Right. Like, and, and we think it's. Like, that's so unthinkable, what Manasseh did. It's like, we've just tidied it up, but it's the same... Thing, So anyway, what, what we want to say with this episode is, um, like amen to all of the progress that's being made in the way of abortion. And, and Christian, you ought to be using this. You might not be a legislator. You might not be in the political sphere at all, but you have social media. And if you have social media, you have a weapon and it's a weapon that you should be using to get into this fight. And one of the weapons that you ought to do, if you haven't done it already is take the pro-life challenge. It's still going, it, uh, Did you see Wes Mooborn, by the way? He was like... Man, some some rant, random uh, you know group of uh, rebels up in Canada start a movement, and all of a sudden Alabama bans abortion. I'm like, those two things are certainly connected, Wes. <laughs> I can't see why they would not be. Yeah, I, I have no no reason hey, to suspect otherwise.
0: The the, abor- the pro-choice movement can have like no facts, so I can make we can make that <laughs> claim. <a laughs> yeah, bit. there
1: you go. There's no like proof yeah, that it's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would I, the other thing I would just say is is just a couple of things. Don't get lulled into um, in your conversations. Don't get lulled into a couple of, um, uh, arguments that go back through some of our videos. We talk about how to engage on the topic of abortion. One of the things that really triggers people that I've been, the strategy I've been using is, is talking about how, um, you know, when people start calling me names, radical, fanatic, all that kind of stuff. Um, I just, I just say that those who are fighting to abolish slavery in the 1850s were, were called the same thing. Right, we have a video out there somewhere on our Facebook page where we taught where we compare the arguments for <laughs> in favor of abortion to the arguments that were made in favor of slavery. People hate it when you use those things, um, and uh, and don't get lulled into the clump of cells argument. Just show people a 3D ultrasound. Challenge them to go and see a 3D ultrasound. They're on YouTube. Um, tell them to go watch the movie Unplanned, or even just describe the movie Unplanned. This is a pro-choice. Um, a ultrasound technician at Planned Parenthood who saw a 3D ultrasound for the first time, saw an abortion being made through the 3D ultrasound technology, and immediately gave up her pro choice ways and became a staunch pro life advocate. Yeah.
0: And so, sorry, not to jump. Yeah. Say, yeah. So there's a reason that movie is getting banned places.
1: It's banned in Canada right now.
0: And the reason is because, um, if it if it, it wasn't shatters
1: if, their argument exactly
0: if it didn't shatter an argument people would be they wouldn't have any problem that's with right. it being shown that's right um, the other thing, the thing one thing I want to add to the I guess the pro uh, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off no no go for it um, this this is this is the time to do two things I think um, one I call it Andy Dufresne it so everybody's seen the movie Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and there's a scene in that if movie that that has stuck with me, in just in terms of the post mill worldview, and that's when he gets his when they he's been writing letters for years for books for the library. And he finally gets the books, and they say, "We please, please stop sending us letters now for the books." And the movie makes a point to say, "Well, what he did at that point is he started writing two letters a day instead of one." And it was like the point was like he he redoubled his efforts when he looked like when he had won. Yeah. And so when we're seeing our our first small victories in the abortion battle, this isn't the time to say we're going to win now. This is the time to redouble the efforts. This is I call it Andy Dufresne. This is when. Double down. Exactly. If you were praying once a day for abortion, start praying twice a day. If you were giving $10 to abortion every month, start giving like to end it, start giving $20, just double down, whatever you're doing right now, double
1: Double down. down. Yep. I, I actually, we, we just talking as we were gearing up, uh, all of our equipment here, uh, you were on Facebook and you're like, Oh God bless Justin Lockhart. So he's our old buddy from the two thieves. Um, and, uh, he posted on Facebook just today. He's like, this is your daily reminder. Abortion is still murder. <laughs> I'm like, amen. Like, good for you. If you're posting one social media, pro-life social media posted a day or a week, double down, like exactly. double it down. And, and I get it. Your friends are going to unfollow you. I get it that you're going to get into arguments. Trust me. We got skin in the game too. We have, you know, I, <laughs> I'll probably be fine at some point. I'm yeah. Sure. Like Pooty's yeah. jobs <laughs> hanging on the line. My family relationships are hanging by a thread, but, but the reality is, is, um, now is not the time. And he, we'll, we'll quote him again, right? Our, one of our favorite Doug Wilson quotes, like, um, desperate times do not call for, uh, what, what, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher it now. I butchered Uh, it earlier. Desperate times call for faithful men and not for careful men. That's a better quote. The faithful men um, get lauded for their courage and uh, the careful men come later and write their biographies. And so um, now is the time for courage. Now is the time for faithfulness, not the time for timidity. And for all of you who might be listening who think, yeah, but, you know, blasting something out there on social media, you know, there might be some people who have had abortions and you don't want to hurt their feelings and stuff. Honestly, man, if Facebook was around in 1850, would you say the same thing about slavery? Would you say, "Wow, well, you know what? just throwing a blanket statement out there about, you know, being against slavery. I don't know. There's a lot of people who own slaves. There's a whole lot of people whose family owns slaves. Like, do you really think that's a good idea? What if you hurt their feelings? No, you wouldn't say that because we live on this side of history when slavery was defeated. We will live in an abortionless future when abortion has been defeated and the people who are pro-life will be, will have been on the right side of history, those who are pro-abortion will have been on the wrong side of history. And I wholeheartedly believe that abortion will be looked at with the same dig- disgust that slavery was, Absolutely. is now. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, do it, man. Okay. Sign us off. Um, I,
0: think, I think one of the key things, if you're in these arguments, that I think you need to remember. And sorry, I was going to say this a little earlier. I just I thought I could bring it back. Is that um, we're not the ones on trial. The culture is the one on trial. We're the prosecutors of this. We're the ones who are the are showing the evidence, and it's up to the it's up to culture currently to defend their position in an adequate way to get off for what we're what we're accusing them of, which is murder. Right. Um, And once you stop, like we we say this in apologetics all the time: God isn't the one on trial. Right. God is the judge, and so remember that in any. Argument or debate you're in is that the burden of the burden of proving something isn't on us, right? Because truth is on our side, right? Um, and because our truth comes from the Word of God, and we can look at that. And the Bible is very clear when a baby is a baby. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so, just stop. We don't. When you're in these arguments, you don't have to be on the defensive. The truth is on our side. So you you don't need to have every answer, but don't don't be timid to get into these conversations thinking you're going to be outwitted right because you're not ever outwitted you might be out articulated in a in a situation that happens to me all the time but the burden of proof isn't on us if that makes sense
1: yeah totally yeah all right that's a good place to end it we talked for a long time but uh, get into the fight Christians um, and uh, go back through some of our videos look for the um, you know look for the uh, the tag abortion uh, we have lots and lots of content out there to help you in your conversations so um, have fun fighting and uh, and be faithful